Andrew Murray made this uh, statement. He said this, the man who mobilizes the Christian church to pray will make the greatest contribution in history to world evangelization. The man who mobilizes the Christian church to pray will make the greatest contribution in history to world evangelization. Well, we're impacted by one man who made that a priority in his ministry, um, a man who had asked the Lord to use him to reach 100 million souls. And uh, that man determined that he would set aside one hour a day every day for prayer specifically for world evangelization. And he, as he began to approach that hour, he began to map out just how he would use that hour. And he came up with an hour of prayer. And he began to implement that daily in his life and teach others. And his name is Dick Eastman. Um, he began a ministry, or joined another ministry, actually began his, his own ministry. Um, and that ministry has influenced uh, multitudes. In fact, um, it, uh, in a book where he teaches it, he indicates, this is several years ago, that he had already taught 2 million followers of Jesus in over 100 nations how to pray daily um, for the world. And uh, so when I was working over in Cameroon, I wanted to teach the new believers how to pray. So I took his prayer wheel with me over there to Cameroon. And they began to, uh, uh, they were blessed as we taught through that. I shared that in a staff meeting here. And the fruit of that is the Christ Walk Journal Hour with God that we all uh, get to uh, enjoy and all coming out of a man's dedication to pray for world evangelization. In fact, even today, uh, some, some of you may know the world prayer map that is actually put out by that, uh, by that ministry. Um, interestingly enough, he just this last Saturday um, retired from that ministry. Uh, from president, and a new man is now leading it. Uh, but um, here is a world prayer map um, that details, you know, uh, for daily prayer, all the nations of the world divided out. Um, and do you know one man who would really love this prayer map would be William Carey? Because that's basically what he put out there when he put out that inquiry on our responsibility to bring the gospel to the nations. As best he knew, he detailed the various regions of the world and the dominant religion and the population and geography and everything. And pretty much this world prayer map is more than William Carey knew at that time. Um, and it was all centered upon the advance of the gospel. Um, worldwide. So I want to this morning just give you a, a prayer guide, 10 strategic prayers for gospel advance in the unreached regions of the world. Every one of you should have this. Have you passed that down? Anyone need a copy yet, did not get yours? Um, on the end of your row should be a, 
stack of those, pass those down there. Everyone find yours. Anyone still need one? Anyone come up short anywhere? Okay, anyone in the back? Matt, did you get everyone in the back rows? I think the faculty may need cop. Everyone get one back there? Okay, all right, very good. Um, praying here, 10 strategic prayers for gospel advance in unreached regions. I shared this down in uh, Texas this, uh, this summer at uh, Worth Baptist Church in their prayer meeting on Wednesday night, and Brother Gillett got up afterwards and he said, well, he says there's, um, in baseball there's different leagues, he said. Um, you start out in the peewee league, you know, and then you move up to uh, the various other levels of small ball, maybe high school ball, and minor leagues and major leagues. And he said, uh, this prayer sheet, he says, is entering the major leagues of praying for the unreached uh, regions of the world. And uh, if we'll take this seriously, um, we can really be part of gospel advance. And so I want to put this in your hands. You've got to put it in your Christ Walk journal and, uh, by God's grace, be effective um, thinking about the regions of the world that maybe you are burdened for. So let's pray as we begin and just ask the Lord to stir our hearts this morning. Lord, thank you for a, a, um, an opportunity to join you in what you're doing in the world, an opportunity to give our lives in service and... It all starts on our knees. I pray, Lord, that you would stir our hearts with prayer this morning, equip us. And, uh, Lord, these young people would be greatly used of you. And regions of the world would be changed as a result of it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, prayer number one. Pray for God to be known and glorified in this and every people group through the blessing of the gospel proclaimed. In thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So in a very real sense, doesn't prayer begin with, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Prayer begins with the concern that God would make himself known for who he is. Um. Is there a region of the world where Jesus doesn't receive the glory? Doesn't deserve to receive the glory for what he did for them? Is there a people group so dark that they can't see that light? Are there people groups that somehow are just somehow outside the realm of uh, like somehow the glory uh, can't be taken in by them. They've somehow lived so far outside of it that they, it can't reach them. No, in fact, I love the statement Paul said there in Romans 1, which is the last phrase here on that section. He said, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among what? All nations. For his name's sake. 
Um, the, uh, John Patton was a missionary to the New Hebrides, and we shared this last week in the prayer class, how he arrived in 1858 on a particular island, and just four months later his wife died, followed by their infant son. Um, and he's continued there his ministry for some time, saw little fruit, and after about four years, he had to evacuate. Uh, his life was in jeopardy. Um, he returned to that region then. About, um, f- about four years later, he came back to a nearby island um, in the New Hebrides, um, and he ministered there for 15 years. And one man said that Patton arrived to the sound of cannibal drums, and he left to the sound of church bells. He saw a whole island turn to Christ, including the chief. In fact, the day that the chief lay dying, he whispered to Pat, and he said, I am going. Oh, Missy, speaking of short for missionary, oh, Missy, let me hear your words ringing up in prayer, and then my soul will be strong to go. After Patton prayed, the chief said, Oh, my Missy, my dear Missy, I go before you, but I will meet you again in the home of Jesus. Farewell. Well, that's the kingdom of God coming. Um, And the kingdom of God, um, he deserves to be made known and really... um, Nothing can stop that kingdom, and I think nothing can stop our prayers when we start there. Um, do we start our prayers with our own, our own desire, our own success, our own, our own will, or do we start with his will? And it is his will to make himself known to all the nations. How many nations should we be going to? All the nations. In thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So pray for God's glory. There are still nations, there are still regions that have not heard. Um, it's estimated there are about 2 billion people that live in the most unreached regions, the frontier people groups, the most difficult people groups. Um, And does God deserve to be made known there, glorified there? I was just traveling in India, um, and I met an American who's been there now for just a few years. He's kind of got a business visa to be there. Um, And this guy was a, a soldier, I think in Iraq or one of our... And uh, a fundamental guy um, out of a Baptist church in New York State. And uh, he said, um, he, um, he just, he loves to ride his motorcycle. And when I was, he has ridden his motorcycle from Manipur all the way up into the Kashmir region on, in the north, uh, north of Punjabi. He has ridden a motorcycle across India, Uttar Pradesh. Um, he said, I can do, he says, there's two things I can, 
I'm not good at much, but I'm good at this. He says, I can sleep anywhere and I can eat anything. That's what qualifies him for a missionary. And uh, he is, when he was in, in the Iraq or somewhere, he heard about an unreached people group on the north of, side of India, north of Punjabi. And he said, so I decided I would go. And he did. He didn't know the language. He didn't have a contact. He just went um, on a motorcycle. <laughs> and he just obeyed. He just went. There's a lot more you could do. Um, uh, in, and God's shown him language contacts. And, he's, and, and, and God's working. He's adopted a couple of uh, some local uh, Manipuri type of uh, tribal kids in need. And, serving very selflessly, but he just went um, because there's a region of the world that someone needs to go to. I'm going. Just that simple. And sent by a local church in New York State. Um, and uh, he's actually helping Brother Angelus over in Namli, where I have been. And uh, it was a blessing just to meet a man who just went. Uh, number, number, number two. Pray for existing believers to be bold in witness. Pray for existing believers to be bold in witness. Um, Colossians 1.6 says, Which is come unto you as it is in where? All the world. Speaking of the gospel and brings forth fruit as it does also in you since the day you heard of it and knew the grace of God. This is the amazing thing that I discover myself and then uh, and, and read as well. Uh, uh, and read of it. Um, I went to Nam Lee, which is just a 10-year-old village there on the border of Burma. And there's already a Baptist church there. And I met the man. He's a man of prayer. He actually built a prayer room. Um, and uh, what I discover is that the gospel has made it to pretty much every corner of the world. I went with Pastor Tom to uh, Mondulkiri of Cambodia region. We were going up over towards the um, Vietnam side of Cambodia. And he and I, we had you know, talked about this for years, and finally, we're going to go to the most unreached region of Cambodia. We're going to go find where the gospel hasn't gone in Cambodia. And uh, so we, we definitely did. We, were, we definitely found some villages like that. We had uh, a lady we reached who died a few days later, and probably the first ever Christian burial happened in a village um, while we were there, uh, and we, we conducted it. Um, but we're going further, and he says, there's these six villages over here, and we want to go over there. And, uh, uh, and when we arrived there, we had, um, we had some medical outreach, and we had one of the new believers from the previous village to stand up and give his testimony. As he's giving his testimony, the people in the audience are correcting him. Of course, it's all in their language. I don't know exactly what's going on, but they're correcting him. Well, this is a little strange. Well, come to find out that just up over the rise in that village was an evangelical church that when we attended on a particular Sunday morning, there were two to 300 people there singing songs that you would actually, some that you would actually know. 
and come to find out that this church had been planted by the son of a lady who had fled during the time of the Vietnam War, had found Christ, um, and her son had become a pastor. And we literally maybe found the largest evangelical church in all of Cambodia in that village. Pastor Tom says, there's not one this size, size, this size back in Phnom Penh. Um, and it's amazing the gospel has gone out. Amen? Okay, so then what do, if I begin praying for a region, where do I begin praying for it? I think it's a valid thing to pray there are believers already there. Therefore, the gospel's already there. I should begin by saying, Lord, help the believers there to be bold. Pray for boldness for existing believers in that region. Um, A lot of times, especially if it's a difficult one, the first thing we pray for is for safety for them. Don't start there. Lord, remove the persecution. Remove the radical elements. Remove all that. That's fine to pray, but it doesn't start there. And when you listen to believers in those regions, they they will not tell you to start there either. They will say, pray for our boldness. Pray that God will use us to be a witness in the face of that. Um, Of course, the Lord told Mark 5 there, the demoniac, go home to thy friends. And Paul himself in Ephesians 6 said, pray for boldness, that utterance may be given, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So pray for boldness in existing believers, assuming that the gospel is somewhere nearby. Number three. Pray for persons of peace who will be open doors for the rapid spread of the gospel. In Luke 11, uh, our Lord is giving instructions to the 70. Look what he says there. Therefore, the harvest truly is great, but the labors are few. Pray ye there for the Lord of the harvest that he'll send forth labors. Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Carry neither purse nor scrip nor shoes and salute no man by the way. He's saying... An urgency needs to be upon you in this matter. And then he says, as you enter a region, salute the house, say, peace be to this house. If the son of peace is there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it'll turn upon you, turn to you again. And in that same house, remain eating and drinking, go not from house to house. So he says, in these unreached villages, unreached regions, ask the Lord for a person of peace who will welcome both the message and the messenger. And when you find that person, stay in that house and plant something there. And I believe what he's describing is the dynamic of an individual who welcomes the message into his house. A a knowledge of Christ is in that house and they receive Christ and out of that house spreads the gospel to that entire community. Um, So ask the Lord to help you plant the gospel in someone's life who's already part of that, and that's the foundation for what God wants to do in that region. So pray for a person of peace who will be open doors. We've experienced that uh, in in Cameroon, for sure. A chief who was a person of peace and and many others. Number four. Pray for new fellowships of believers to gather as healthy churches that multiply everywhere. Acts, the end of Acts 2, certainly gives us a, a description of that. Um, you could, 
as folks, uh, as folks come to Christ, you could just turn to the book of Acts and say, let's look at what church looked like in the book of Acts and let's follow that. What happened? What did they do together? Let's do that. And it is that simple as far as teaching believers how to be church, the, the word of God. Um, we were just listening in the... Uh, in World Harvest Field's class to a remarkable testimony of a man who went to uh, Sudan, the, the original Sudan country filled with Islamic radicalism and civil war and strife. And just in the last, uh, well, about 10 years ago, he saw a breakthrough in 2005 in which a region the size of France was covered with churches um, in Islamic territory. Um, and it's a remarkable breakthrough. And he went with that, with that in mind. And as people were coming to Christ, he said, okay, so here's what, what uh, church is going to look like. He said, let's look at the book of Acts. And whatever we find in the book of Acts, that's what we'll do. Sound like a good plan? Um, let's get our Baptist polity book out. And study that. There's good stuff in there. They study the book of Acts. And he said, you know what? He said, I learned stuff about church I had never experienced before. We just said, we're going to follow the book of Acts. And he learned, and it changed his whole perspective. He says he was German. He says in, 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 in our Germany, our mindset, relationships aren't important as these people in Sudan with relationships studying the book of Acts, all of a sudden church just took on a whole different dimension. And they gathered as new believers, gathering as healthy churches. We need to pray for that. Lord, help these new believers not to stay isolated. Help them to gather as new churches. Pray for that. Number five, pray for national leaders who will be gifted to oversee multiplying churches. We talk about faithful men. Um, and, and Ephesians 4, it talks about, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors. So who gives those? Okay, so if the Holy Spirit gives them, and if they're needed, do you think he's going to give them? Right? Oh, I just got to find the pastor. No, you don't have to find the pastor. You just need to recognize the pastor. Because Jesus is, is calling someone out. Um, the pastors are going to be there. Um, and uh, praying for national leaders who will gift, be gifted to oversee multiplying. Is prayer part of that? Do you think prayer is key to that? Um, in fact, wherever the, wherever the Apostle Paul set aside elders, didn't he set them aside with fasting and prayer? Um, Acts 13, it was a time of fasting out of which those missionaries were sent. So leaders in the church should be a prayer concern, and we shouldn't doubt whether they're going to come. We should just identify where they are coming and expect those uh, leadership gifts to be demonstrated um, and then recognize them, ordain them, because God has already gifted them and called them um, and, uh, and asking the Lord to do that. Um, we need to find the ones that he's calling, the gifted ones. I'm thinking of Isabel Kuhn, who um, they, saw, they saw dozens of pastors 
across the Lisu movement. Um, and they said the key thing was not what a man's gifting, uh, was not a man's natural gifting. The key thing was that we knew God was calling him to do it. That was the key. Anyone could do it. Any background could do it. Any set of natural human gifts, it didn't matter. He says, she just said, we, it, when, when they knew they were called by God, it was going to work. Um, so pray for those national leaders. And one of the most important leadership gifts is actually uh, the, the teacher gift, um, not the foreign teacher gift, but the indigenous teacher gift um, in, that, um, in that new movement. So pray for the teacher gift. Um, number six, pray for Bible distribution and translation projects. Acts 13, and the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. That's just a great, um, a great verse that doesn't mean printing, <laughs> but let's assume it does for a moment. Um, that, uh, that the word of God is being published throughout the region. Of course, we have that sure word prophecy, the Holy Scriptures. And folks, we really realize that there can be no actual indigenous spiritual breakthrough apart from the Bible being in their local tongue. Getting the Bible into the mother tongue of the indigenous group is an essential in missions. It's essential to make it their own. Um, And it's something to to pray for and also to work for. If you're involved in missions, I've said this, um, if you take that seminary degree and you take the Bible translation seminary degree, not because you think you'll be a Bible translator, but because you're going to minister to somebody who needs the Bible in their language. And you may have one project of your lifetime, and that's the Bible in the tongue that you are called to reach. And just being prepared for that alone is worth a seminary degree in translation work. Um, And that is a fundamental thing in missions, and pray for that. Pray for the Bible distribution and, uh, and that it will, it will spread. Um, it's an amazing thing. Um, I met that man of the UP mission there in, in India who's leading an amazing movement, and he came to Christ when he's in the Indian army. He's a Hindu, Hindu, a Hindu background um, believer, and he reads the Bible, and when he gets to the book of Acts, he said, I became a believer. It was the Bible that led him to Christ. So um, pray for Bible distribution. Number seven, pray for the defeat of satanic strongholds and victory and persecution. Um, Are we going to encounter the unreached regions without encountering satanic strongholds? They are there. Um, And uh, we are... We're asking for a battle. We're engaging a battle. Um, and, um, and it's very real. But that's why we have to, we have to approach those, uh, those strongholds um, on our knees. Acts 4, of course, is a great expression of that, which is included here where they were threatened and they went to their knees 
And when they prayed, the place was shaken. God was moving on the move, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. Um, and can is, um, is persecution, if persecution occurs, is persecution um, always the end of the story? Is it always a bad thing? Does it sometimes seem to be the end of the story? Sometimes it does. Can it be the end of the story? Can it be the end of the story? Sometimes it can be the end of the story. Paul Hathaway pointed up this. He says, some people say, you know, the blood of the saints is the, is the, you know, the seed of the church. And it can be, but it isn't always. When is it? When people respond right to it. Um, if people give in to persecution and are silenced and are filled with fear, is it going to go forward? No. So there's a responsibility to deal with persecution rightly with boldness, um, and then the work goes forward. So how do you deal with it rightly? On your knees. Um, so pray for the defeat of satanic strongholds, victory and persecution. We, in prayer class, we read, this, we read this story more detail of uh, the men who were Fijian believers who were in an island of the Solomon Islands, and they wanted to go up into a region that no one had gone to before. It was an unreached inland up in the mountains. And they said, does anyone live up there? And they said, yeah. He says, um, well, then tomorrow we go up there. And they said, no, you can't. He said, during World War II, there was bombing up there. And when folks have gone up there, they've been killed, and you can't go. And they looked at the word of God, and they said, well, the Bible says get the gospel out of a creature, and that's why we've come to this island. We're going up there, but before we do that, they took seven days of fasting and prayer. Then when they went up in teams of 12 men, in teams of two, the people who remained behind continued 30 days in fasting and prayer. And they arrived, a chief was about to die, and uh, just telling the story in short, they were able to speak to him the next morning, and he said this. He said, I always believed there was a message like this. I always thought there'd be a message like this, but no one ever came to tell me until today. It's quite a dramatic story because he died an hour or so later in the morning, and in the evening he came back to life. Uh, and he told the story of how that as he had been uh, up in the heavenly realm, God had told him, you're supposed to go back down and tell them that everything that they have, you have heard is true. And he did. And his entire family came to Christ. Ten villages came to Christ. And the next day, he died and went back for good. You say, well, how in the world could something like that happen? That's a crazy story. Do you think something like that could possibly have happened if those men hadn't been in their knees and fasting and prayer for seven days? 
if they hadn't continued in that? Do you think that something different happened in the supernatural, in the spiritual realm because they were on their knees in prayer? Absolutely. So pray for the defeat of satanic strongholds and pray that God will intervene uh, and give grace in, in, in persecution. Number eight, pray for laborers to go and the word of God to spread. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages. Um, and these laborers are supposed to go out of the harvest. Um, do you know that when it comes... I, I'm not praying... The, by the way, this is not praying for laborers to go from here there. This is praying for the laborers where I'm reaching to go. That's what I'm praying for. I am praying that the people themselves will become missionary. Um, do you know that as difficult as it, as it is for you to leave your homeland, it's that difficult for them? You say, well, that's the mission field. They live in the mission field, not to them. To them, that's where they live. For them to become missionaries as much as a miracle is for you to become missionary. Pray for them to become missionary, to leave their lands, to go to the next tribe. Um, and, uh, and pray that they would... Uh, that they would uh, come out of the harvest. I think of um, Brother Augustine, who is there, who is reached there in Cameroon, who just recently, we were with him in January, training again, and, um, and he just recently was making plans to go over the mountain in the next area to preach the gospel. He was part of another team going to plant churches. Um, and that's what, that's what we want to see, um, that laborers will be sent out of the harvest into their own harvest. And that's really the key missionary role is to equip uh, laborers to do that. Then number nine, pray for healing and protection from sickness and disease and accident and death. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Um, has God protected his servants in all these ways? Is he still protecting his servants in all these ways? Oh my, yes, he is. Tom Johnson talks about opening the door and there's a cobra on his doorstep, you know, and dealing with it. Um, and... Uh, uh, Psalm 91 because he has set his love on me therefore will I deliver him I will set him on high because he has known my name he shall call upon me and I will answer him I will be with him in trouble I will deliver him and honor him call upon me in the day of trouble I will deliver thee and thou shalt what? glorify me make, make me known doesn't that need to happen in the realm of where he's not been known this is the very thing God superintends even sickness, disease, accident, even death in a way to make his name known. And we need to pray that God would protect and that God would use um, even these, uh, even weakness um, for gospel advance. And then number 10, pray for regional completion of the Great Commission. Paul testified of this in Romans 15 from Jerusalem to Lyricum. I fully preach the gospel. Um, and isn't this... The ultimate, isn't this the real goal of missions? Is the goal to plant a church? 
No, the goal is not to plant a church. The goal is to church a region. The goal is to get a church in every village. Um, and to see that done in a generation or in a period of time, it, will, it could surprise you what God could actually do. Um, but especially when you put that multiplication in the hands of the locals immediately um, and then continue to equip them. But uh, that, this was our goal in a, in a, a quiet Cameroon, about 100 villages, praying that the Lord would help us get the gospel to every region, uh, every village in that region. And God is, God's doing that. Mm, um, there's civil war going on there. I, Satan's probably is, is dealing with, is behind some of that. Don't we need to defeat, pray for the defeat of Satan in that region of Aquia then? Because he's definitely stirring things up. Just the other day, Pastor Julius was uh, kidnapped just a couple days ago. He's up there in Sabga, and they wanted, they wanted so much money from him. And he said, they said, oh, we're gonna, oh, we'll kill you. And Pastor Julius said, go ahead and kill me. I'm ready. And didn't show any fear, and he said, kill me. And they said, oh, well, he said, he said well, he gave him a phone, and he gave him a little bit of money, and they let him go after several hours. Um, and uh, so um, 10 strategic prayers for gospel advance and uh, I is there a region of the world you're concerned about concerned for what region of the world write that at the top of your page what would be the region of the world or could you pray for this? Maybe a missionary that you're attached to. Maybe someone your church has helped send. Um, maybe some region no one's ever gone to. This is how God wants to um, complete the Great Commission, region by region. Um, let's... Uh, let's bow our heads right where we're at here. And you pray for that region. And if we'll have the piano play here right now, pray for that region. Pray some of these prayers for that region. <laughs>